Right, we'll turn to Deuteronomy 22 again, and we're just going to look at just one verse today. But I'll read two verses uh, in Deuteronomy chapter 22, and we'll read just verses 11 and 12. We'll be reading other portions of Scripture as we go through this morning. Thou shalt not wear a garment of diverse sorts, as of woolen and linen together. Verse 12, Thou shalt make the fringes upon the four quarters of thy vesture, wherewith thou coverest thyself. This verse 12, of course, should really be included in our little uh, series that we did on woolen and linen within our general talks on Deuteronomy. Here it is, verse 11 we looked at last week, uh, and it speaks of what we are to wear as Christians. We saw that many in the scriptures wore garments which showed immediately to those around them that they were witnessing to the true God. And we saw that there was no mistaking Elijah or John the Baptist in both their dress and also in their message. They didn't compromise. They spoke the truth. Sadly, we also saw that there were many and still are today whose witness was the equivalent of dressing in woolen and linen, mixing their clothes. The church in Laodicea was such an example. Neither one thing nor the other, lukewarm and God really was saying to the people here he doesn't like mixtures in the Christian life we cannot run with the hare and hunt with the hounds else uh, to mix metaphors we become wolves in sheep's clothing we have to be distinctive in our dress Lot you know Lot was one I was thinking about this who wore woolen and linen garments he went he left Abraham the beautiful plains appealed to him and he chose uh, rather than giving Abraham the choice the younger man decided to sojourn in the plains and he eventually ended up sojourning in Sodom but instead of sojourning he really became a citizen and how true of us today are we sojourners in this world or have we settled down to become citizens rather than ambassadors let us make sure that our sojourning in this world does not take on the appearance of permanent citizenship it's so easy to slip into that so, uh, that being said, it's not surprising that the following verse, the verse 12 that we're going to look at today, gives sound advice and commands as to what clothes we should wear and what we should do with the clothes that we cover ourselves. The, the clothes, it says here, the garment, it says, thou shalt make fringes upon the four quarters of thy vesture. What is the vesture thing 
that they're talking about. It seems, firstly, as the verse says, <coughs> it, for with thou coverest thyself. And we look around and see that it was obviously something which they wore day and night, the same type of clothes they wore day and night. So whatever it was, people would have recognized who they were by what they were wearing. In Exodus 22 and 26, it said that if you took your neighbor's uh, garment, raiment, as a pledge, you had to make sure you gave it back to him before the sun set. So uh, we also have further mention of this command in Numbers. If you look at Numbers 15, and we read some verses in Numbers 15 to see what this garment was like. It was a, a square garment with a hole for your head. Fairly simple uh, garment. But this particular command is repeated in uh, Numbers 15, verse 37. The Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto, <coughs> speak unto the children of Israel, and bid them that they make them fringes in the borders of their garments throughout their generations. Something that was to be done throughout all their generations. And that they put upon the fringe of the border a ribbon of blue. And it shall be unto you for a fringe, that ye may look upon it, and remember all the commandments of the Lord, and do them, and that ye seek not after your own heart and your own eyes, after which ye use to go a-whoring. That ye may remember and do all my commandments, and be, unto, be holy unto your God. I am the Lord your God which brought you out of the land of Egypt to be your God. I am the Lord your God. So this gives us a, an insight as to why they were to put the tassels on the four corners of their garment. It was a square garment and they had these tassels and these tassels had a little bit of blue in them. It was a shawl type and apparently could be used for carrying things. They, they seemed to tie it around the middle with loosely with a girdle and so when Elijah met the prophets, the school of prophets and they decided to, to make up some kind of a stew it says in 2 Kings 4.39 One went out into the field to gather herbs and found a wild vine and gathered thereof wild girds his lapful and came and shred them into the pot of pottage for they knew them not. We know that story so well they put these things into the, the pottage and it was poisonous but he carried them in his lap in this uh, the lap of his uh, shawl or his garment and then in Luke 6.38 it says another instance about this garment given it shall be given unto you good measure pressed down and shaken together and running over shall men give into your bosom for with the same measure that ye meet with all it shall be measured to you again 
and you put it into your bosom, the bosom of the garment, the hollow formed by the upper part of a rather loose garment bound by a girdle or sash, used for keeping and carrying things. So we could carry things in this garment as well. So that was the type of garment it was, and it was very common because most people wore them. It survived even up to today in the form of a prayer shawl. I looked up uh, some bits of information about things as they are today, and this Jewish site said the, the they call it the talit, and it was a shawl-like garment worn during morning services with long fringes attached to the corners as a reminder of the commandments sometimes called a prayer shawl. And they have smaller ones that they sometimes wear under their, their, their outside clothes just so that they can fulfill the commandments to have a, a garment with tassels. And then the fringes attached to the corners of a garment are a reminder, they say, of God's commandments. So even right up to the present day, we have this being kept by Orthodox Jews. Fringes attached to the four corners of a garment as a reminder, they say, of God's commandments. There was to be a, a tassel at each corner. You know, I think this speaks to us as to how each aspect of our life should be reflected and shown by the garments we wear. If we're wearing the right garments, then these tassels were to show that different aspects, aspects of our lives were reflected. Marking us out as followers of our Lord and Saviour from every point of view. Our individual life, our business, our neighbourhood life, or our spiritual our church life. The different aspects are the four corners of the garment. Four corners, you know, in scripture indicates everywhere and every aspect. For instance, in Isaiah, speaking of the future ingathering of Israel, Isaiah says in 11:12, He shall set up an ensign for the nations and shall assemble the outcasts of Israel and gather together the dispersed of Judah from the four corners of the earth. Everywhere. And this garment which we wear and which is shown to the world should reflect every aspect of our lives. The four corners. And you can work out what those four corners are in your life. Let us make sure all the corners of our lives are affected. That our Christianity gets into those difficult corners. So often missed, you know, when we're doing the dusting or the cleaning or the hovering in a house. Quite often the, the four corners are left with a bits of dust in them. And unfortunately, that's the way it is with our Christian walk sometimes, the four corners. Well, we like to show all the outside bits, 
but the four corners are sometimes the difficult bits that you don't want people to see. We want the four corners of our lives exposed. Be like Jesus, this my song, in the home and in the throng. Be like Jesus all day long. I would be like Jesus. You know, our Lord would have worn a garment similar to this. And I wonder, was it the tassel which the woman came and touched in Matthew 9, verse 20? Behold, a woman which was deceased with an issue of blood 12 years came behind him and touched the hem of his garment. For she said within herself, If I may but touch his garment, I shall be whole. But Jesus turned to her about, and when he saw her, he said, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. And the woman was made whole from that hour. We read that virtue had gone out of him, and that woman was healed. Lovely old hymn we used to sing. She only touched the hem of his garment as to his side she stole. Amid the crowd that gathered around him and straightway she was whole. She came in fear and trembling before him. She knew her Lord had come. She felt that from him virtue had healed her. The mighty deed was done. He turned with daughter be of good comfort thy faith hath made thee whole and peace that passeth all understanding with gladness filled her soul oh touch the hem of his garment and thou too shalt be free his saving power this very hour shall give new life to thee May we, each one, know the touch of the Lord Jesus on our lives as we move around in this crowded world, being pushed and shoved by mankind all around us, being squeezed by the world into its mould. Paul says, be not conformed to this world. Don't let the world squeeze you into its mold. He wrote to the Ephesians in chapter 4, verse 14. He says, that we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. Being pushed and shoved by the world around us. He says, don't be like that, but speaking the truth in love. Each one of us may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Therefore I say and testify in the Lord that ye henceforth 
walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind. See, God wants us, as it says in 1 Corinthians 15, 58, to be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Unwavering faith, that's what God wants us to have. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven by the wind and tossed. That woman was being pushed and shoved, but she had the courage to go, be touched by the Lord Jesus. Now let's get back to the garment. You know, as the Israelite went about his everyday life and his even when he was asleep at night the tassels the tassels were there to be a reminder to him of God's goodness of their deliverance from the evil one in Egypt and it was to be a spur to them to keep the commandments of God it says they were to remember the commandments to keep them and to do them you know the blue in the tassel was a reminder of the God in heaven the blue is a heavenly indication who had wrought such great things for them his glorious majesty his holiness his covenant with them and his love for them and they were to demonstrate this, as we said, in all aspects of their lives, in the four corners. You know, it was also something which united all the children of Israel. They all had these robes. They united them in their worship of the one true God as distinct from all the nations around about them. They were the ones who had been chosen by God and who worshipped the one true God. And these garments that they wore was an indication to the, the, the nations round about them as to who they worshipped and as to the God they worshipped. And the garments we wear should have a similar indication to the people round about and with whom we come, we come in contact every day. Paul urged the Corinthians to behave like this. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 10, he says, Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. That's a wonderful verse. A wonderful desire. Oh, he besought them by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that ye all speak the same thing, that there be no divisions among you, and that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. 
You know, in the building of the tabernacle, <coughs> we have a wonderful picture of the use of blue in its construction. Lots of blue. Speaking of the heavenly. Look at Exodus 26 verse. Exodus 26 generally. Get out Exodus 26. Dressing slightly at this book. Look at it. And it's the, the, the it's old about building the tabernacle. And they were to make ten curtains. And these were beautiful curtains of fine twined linen, or twinned linen, twined linen, and blue and purple and scarlet with cherubims, cherubims of cunning work shalt thou make them. And these beautiful curtains, these ten curtains were to hang in the tabernacle. Go to verse 6. And thou shalt make fifty tacks of gold, hooks, little hooks, and couple the curtains together with the tacks, and it shall be one tabernacle. And how are they to be joined together? Go back to verse 4. And thou shalt make loops of blue upon the edges of the one curtain from the selvage in the coupling. And likewise thou shalt make in the uttermost edge of another curtain in the coupling of the second. So all these had little couplings and little uh, loops of blue and they were all joined together by little hooks of gold. And what did it make? It said, it shall be one tabernacle. All joining together in unity. It shall be one tabernacle. And Paul was encouraging the Corinthians that they would be of the one mind so that there would be unity. And it was this heavenly unity that had to be. Nothing man-made. There were no ideas. We've said this so often. In the tabernacle, we never hear of Moses using anything or doing anything which was his idea. Everything that keeps on saying throughout Scripture that Moses did according to the word of the Lord. There was nothing in the tabernacle which was man-made. Man, man's ideas. It was all God's ideas. And in the church, the unity of the church of Jesus Christ can only be on God's terms. As the Christians in Corinth were joined through their head, the Lord Jesus Christ Paul sought them because of that to be of one mind. And you and me, if we want unity with other Christians within the Church of Jesus Christ, we must only do it in the same mind. What did Jesus what did Paul say? Let this mind be in you the mind of the Lord Jesus Christ and it's only through him through unity with him 
that we can have unity within the church the mind of Christ and in the same judgment we must use only the loops of heavenly blue and the hooks of the righteousness of God man may seek unity of other materials but they will not join up perfectly to perform the duty of being one tabernacle that was the whole point of the tabernacle one tabernacle and thus the tassels the tassels which these uh, Israelites put onto their garment were to be a reminder to them of the greatness of God and in some way their helplessness their helplessness without his intervention and his will being done in their lives they were hopeless they had been slaves they were unable to help themselves and it should have created in them a humble and a contrite heart and they as they remembered their slavery they remembered all the, the difficulties in Egypt they should have with thankful hearts being reminded of how God had brought them out of the land of Egypt and out of the house of bondage to remember God's goodness remember what Micah said away in Micah 6 verse 8 He hath showed thee, O man, what is good, and what doth the Lord require of thee? What does the Lord require of them? To do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God. That's what God wants of you and me. To do what is just. To love mercy and to walk humbly a humble and a contrite heart thou wilt not despise David says and you know did it did it produce this in the leaders of Israel let's turn to Matthew 23 I'm going to read this from the American Standard Version read a few verses in Matthew 23 <clears throat> then Jesus spoke to the crowds and to his disciples saying the scribes and the Pharisees have seated themselves in the chair of Moses they claim to recognize and to be the descendants of Moses therefore all that they tell you do and observe because they will be telling you what Moses saw but to not do according to their deeds for they say things and do not do them oh how easy it is to do that don't do as I do do as I say they tie up heavy burdens <coughs> and lay them upon men's shoulders 
but they themselves are unwilling to move them with so much as a finger. Oh, they, they laid up rules and petty laws and things for the, for the, the, the people, but they didn't keep them themselves. And look, but they do all their deeds to be noticed for, by men, for they broaden their phylacteries, that's the little boxes on their foreheads, they made them bigger, and what do they do? They and lengthen the tassels of their garments. They sort of said we'd have big long tassels, make people see them, how holy we are. The whole point of the tassels was being lost in pride. They love the place of honor of banquets and the chief seats in the synagogues and respectful greetings in the marketplaces and being called rabbi by men. But do not be called rabbi for one is your teacher and you are all brothers. Do not call anyone on earth your father for one is your father he who is in heaven. And do not be called leaders for one is your leader, and that is Christ. Most interesting verses, aren't they? But the greatest among you shall be your servant. Whoever exalts himself shall be humbled, and whoever humbles himself shall be exalted. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees. They were listening. They would have been there, listening to what Jesus was going to say because they were out together. Hypocrites, because you shut off the kingdom of heaven from people, but you do not enter in yourselves, nor do you allow those who are entering to go in. They were stumbling blocks for the people, the ones who should have been displaying the right kind of garments. For everybody to see but they change the garments woe to you scribes and Pharisees hypocrites because you devour widows houses and for a pretense you make long prayers therefore you will receive a greater condemnation woe unto you scribes and Pharisees hypocrites because you travel around on sea and land to make one proselyte and when he becomes one you make him twice as much a son of hell as yourselves. Woe to you blind guides who say, whoever swears by the temple, that is nothing, but whoever swears by the gold of the temple is obligated, and so on. And Jesus really hits out at those who had displaced the whole point of these tassels. They were to remind people to be holy and humble and to walk justly in God's sight. We may adorn, or adorn ourselves with all the trappings of piety and holiness, but you know, Peter summed it up so well. Look at 1 Peter 3, verse 3, 4 and 5. Whose adorning, let it not be that outward adorning of plaiting the hair, and of wearing of gold or of putting on of apparel putting on the wrong garments but let it be the hidden man of the heart 
in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. Oh, we want to wear that which is pleasing to God. Well, put on the garment of a meek and quiet spirit, which in the sight of God is of great price. For after this manner in the old time, the holy women also, who trusted in God, adorned themselves, being in subjection unto their own husbands. Make sure we're wearing the garments that please God. And at the final close of this little mini-series within Deuteronomy, this little series of woolen and linen, let us take earnestly the words of Scripture and walk. As Micah said, listen to Micah again, speaking to us who claim to follow our Saviour, to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with our God. May we know the power of God's Holy Spirit living within us day by day and feel the touch of the Master upon our lives. And as a result of that, may the testimony of the Church of Jesus Christ be unsullied recognized and we will be known as were the disciples of old that they have been with Jesus Acts 4 verse 13 when they saw the boldness of Peter and John they were wearing the proper garments they perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men and they marveled but they took knowledge of them that they have been with Jesus.